welcome back to Page 8. Today our guest is Eamon Smith, a former writer at The Plainsman. Eamon, how are you doing? You're looking good. I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, I mean, no worse for wear after kind of a long weekend, work double shifts. But, uh, you know, you, you could be better coming off of a football Saturday like that. Um, I'm thankful that my NFL team kind of picked up the slack, made me feel a little bit better about this weekend. Uh, but, yeah, doing well overall. How are you doing, Jack? can't say the same when it comes to football but doing well doing all right enjoying you know what, what football will we have right now other teams watching them have success and have fun it's you know like the spongebob meme I'm squidward watching everyone else through the window yeah we couldn't we couldn't specifically relate necessarily at least you couldn't relate in the nfl uh your packers pretty rough team to watch me personally eagles fan having yeah. a pretty fun year even even with uh the frustrations with that offense but, you know, the bright side of, you know, here in Auburn at least, though, has been volleyball. But a little, little rough patch right now, I feel like. Because you lost Tennessee, and then you lose to Miz, uh, Missouri. But you did win against South Carolina in the weekend, so it's nice. So Auburn didn't leave the weekend without a win, so there's that. Yeah, I mean, volleyball volleyball's an interesting one because that loss to Tennessee, that's a, that's a really good Tennessee team. That's a number... 10 Tennessee team at the time that they mm-hmm. played them for context. So Auburn is still, I mean, this is a really talented roster, um, specifically those sophomores, Madison Shear, Akasha Anderson, uh, Kendall Kemp. Those three are outstanding at their position specifically, and they're getting a lot of contributions from other players like uh, Bell Zimmerman has been great recently too. I think it was uh, entering that South Carolina game, 75% of the team's total attacks were uh, contributed by the sophomores alone. But that kind of tells you, too, this is a very young team, right? So that Tennessee team, that's that's a tough environment to go on the road to in Knoxville um, and go up against a top-10 team like that. And I've, I thought, you know, despite this final score being 3-1 in the sets, they handled themselves okay. What was more surprising to me was them getting swept at home by Missouri on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was one where... That's a very good Missouri team, too, uh, despite them not being in the AVCA top 25. You look at, uh, they've been winning a lot of weekly awards recently. They're kind of surging. But Auburn is too good of a team to get swept in that kind of fashion. They got smoked in that match, to be quite frank. Um, that was one of the few matches where you saw Madison Shear and Akash Anderson completely held in check on the outside. So I think really good that even though South Carolina, that, that Sunday match, probably wasn't their best effort of the season, um, you know, going to five sets against a South Carolina team that's really struggled in SEC play, only has two SEC wins to this point. You want to see them maybe dominate a little bit more coming off of a big loss like that, but they they pulled out another tight one. This was another match that went down to the wire. You had multiple late like tie points where they were battling back and forth for set point and then a uh, match point. Um, and then specifically too in that that fifth set, a lot of points where they easily could have given up going down. There's a lot for them to work on though coming out of this, but uh, I'm sure Brent Crouch is happy that they came back from such kind of a dismal game on that Friday with a very strong effort at least i'll take any sort of wins right now for us here because we're not coming anywhere else you know that much you know it's it hasn't been great it's you know so but volleyball i think i think yeah definitely there i mean they are as you said they're a young team 
So they're getting better. This is a very bright spot in our athletics program is the volleyball team right now where they're at. They have a lot. Like last year, it was, I want to say, they had three all-SEC freshmen, and then Akasha made first team all-SEC also. So that's just goes to show you that this is a very young and very talented team coming in this year. They you know, built off their playoff win from the previous or previous year against Creighton. Stuff like that, you know, it's it's so it's nice seeing stuff like that. Maybe we can see that at the end of the football season. Maybe we can get a little win at the end of the season. Do I think so? No, but can I be hopeful? Yes. Uh man, I mean the the upsetting thing about Saturday is that so early on in the season, you feel like with a lot of these games, especially LSU, Georgia, Texas A&M, that three-game stretch opening SEC play, the, I don't want to say excuse, but rationale of there is a significant talent gap between Auburn's roster and their competition was one that was applicable, that you could kind of use to not explain away the offensive performances in those games, but you know, you make sense of a little bit why they're struggling so hard. Okay, Texas A&M, Georgia, LSU, these are three of probably the top six to seven most talented teams in the country in terms of just recruiting consistently every single year. And Auburn's not been at that level recently, kind of cleaning up what the previous coach left behind still, right? But Ole Miss, despite them being ranked so high um, and having a very good season, I don't think you look at this roster comparison between the two and say that there's a massive talent gap. Like, it's not quite the same as those previous three matchups where it's very tangible. So uh, that's what's giving me some concern and a little bit of pause. I think Auburn, these next three games are all very winnable uh, for them to get their first SEC win. I think you could still see this team make a bowl game because down the stretch you've got, okay, Vanderbilt, uh, who, I mean, Vanderbilt, very scrappy team this year. Uh, defense specifically, they've gotten a lot of takeaways from. But uh, they're still they're struggling to figure out kind of how to win in the SEC under Clark Lee. So that's one, even on the road in Nashville, that's not a super tough road environment. You feel like you can get one there. Um, Arkansas just lost an absolutely depressing game <laughs> against Mississippi State where they scored three points. Uh, and then Mississippi State, they're definitely still figuring some things out in terms of they unfortunately lost their head coach to circumstances beyond anybody's control last year. So they're, they're a program in the midst of some flux similar to Auburn, but you think Auburn maybe still has the talent advantage there. So they, they still could make a bowl game. They still could turn things around in that regard. And I think they, they would benefit greatly from getting the extra practice and screen time of making a bowl game and all of that. But uh, where where you're starting to get a little bit worried is you want to see more progress through uh, a year one. And I know a lot of people would call this even a year zero, but I, I feel like with how much Hugh Freeze portaled this team, this is the second most transfer portal uh, players brought onto a single roster behind Deion Sanders' Colorado roster. You can't really even necessarily look at it and say, well, there's not been enough roster ton- turnover yet. You definitely have to have some patience and wait for the recruits to come in and everything like that. But Auburn's offense in particular for an offensive head coach is not at a place where you feel like it's acceptable. Um, You were not going against a super tough defense on that Saturday. So you just you want to see a little bit more of them down the stretch here, even if they're playing teams where you feel like these are very gettable wins. Well, a lot of these teams like I I feel like Mississippi State is probably going to be a must win for us. It's just I feel like 
the issue with us this year has been the offense so much and it's so, so bad. It's hard for me to be like confident in any all like any team that this year for Auburn trotting out onto the field. Like I just it's hard for me to be like, oh, we got it. You know, we, we got it. I it's just because I have so much doubt in the offense entirely with the offensive line play, the QB play, the play calling, just some players not living up to maybe expectations going into the season. So saying that, it's it's not even, a, I feel like, must win for bowl eligibility necessarily. Like if we could get it, but this is more for freeze. I feel like this is a time for like freeze. All right, let's see a little bit because this fan base usually gets like pretty impatient when it comes to like winning and stuff because you get on stuff like Twitter, obviously. You're going to see a lot of people already calling for jobs and stuff saying, Here's this and that. Like literally this morning, speaking to my Packers, someone was like, "Fire McLaflor, hire Jim Harbaugh, stuff like that." I'm like, "All right, well, you know." So Auburn, I feel like they just have to figure out what it is that gets them in a rhythm on offense. I'd agree. Something that's is it? I mean, is it going to be Ashford? Possibly, because I know I know you said it, and most people said it is. You can't just be keep pulling QBs. You gotta keep one in the game at a time. It's just it's been what's immensely frustrating to me as an Auburn fan, um, and just as as somebody who enjoys watching good football, is this defense has been playing its heart out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you, you see the miscues, you see the mistakes. There's been some stuff specifically where you're seeing the impact of this is not a very deep roster. You've got good talent at most positions on defense uh, in terms of your starters coming into the year, but they've had some injury issues. They got a couple guys back this weekend, and I think you saw the impact. That is not a bad Ole Miss offense, and I think the only reason that you saw that team put up 28 is because the defense was on the field so much. Mm -hmm. Um, They were outstanding. They forced takeaways. They had sacks. They pressured. They did what you expect out of an Auburn defense against an Ole Miss team. What's driving, I think, every Auburn fan crazy is they they don't have an identity offensively right Mm -hmm. now. And some of it seems like it's born out of necessity. Uh, Specifically, I think that Montgomery and Freeze uh, in particular have a track record of running kind of an up-tempo offense, Mm -hmm. and they haven't being put in a position to do that necessarily this year because they want to take some pressure off the defense, I think. And I I just, I get why they're not running a hurry-up offense. Uh, You don't want to tire out your defense even worse. You saw what it looks like when they're on the field a ton on Saturday. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of their best offensive sequences have been when they've moved with tempo. And specifically when Peyton Thorne has been in and when they've moved with tempo. I feel like... That's mm-hmm. been the best that they've looked. So it stinks that you're potentially going to be putting a little bit more of the onus on your defense to get things done because your offense success rate still probably won't be very good if you're yeah. running more tempo. But you got to do something at this point in the year. The The, the lack of changes and adjustments from game to game uh, between now and Texas A&M has been a little bit maddening, and the lack of explanations from the coaching staff, too. And then you see stuff like, again, you're making QB substitutions all the time. I think it was late in the game. They had a third and one, and they got backed up because they were subbing out Robbie Ashford, their running quarterback, for Thorne, and they got 
a uh, a legal substitution penalty. Mm-hmm. Those are the those are the backbreakers. And when you're already out of rhythm swapping your quarterbacks, and then you're getting penalties for swapping your quarterbacks, or you're doing stuff like you're in you're in scoring distance, you're on a scoring drive, you've got like a second and reasonable, and you call a trick play double pass where Holden Garner just gets destroyed and you get backed up. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things where as a fan, I think you understand you have to be patient with Hugh Freeze and that staff right now. They're not talented enough to meet the Auburn expectations of we're going to beat one of Georgia or Alabama every single year. Realistically, you're just yeah. probably not. Getting it could be that. a whole different conversation right now if we had an offense. We could probably we'd probably be five and two. I feel like if we have an offense because you, you win that Georgia game. Georgia, we could probably win the game because we had plenty of opportunities to win this game this past weekend against Ole Miss. Plenty of opportunities. Just the defense played to where like, hey, here's the ball, go score. Just just get something, get three points at least. Just get some sort of points on the board, and we couldn't even do that. It. Stuff like that is frustrating as a fan, and I think you have to definitely, as you said, you got kind of like to look at it and realize, hey, give free some time. I feel like if we don't see any improvement by next year, like if there's nothing like improvement wise, like if we might may improve the record, but like if you see like the coaching and stuff, then yeah, it, it might be a tough time for freeze here. But besides all that depressing football, <laughs> what are some of the games from the SEC this week that you were? Amazed by, maybe disappointed in some of people's play, particularly Tennessee's. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say real quick, just as a disclaimer, I am absolutely a Tennessee Vols hater, like for sure. <laughs> um, I'm from Tennessee. I went to high school with basically the entire graduating class going to Tennessee. Um, and they really harped on me being an Auburn fan, uh, you know, gave me a lot of guff for it. So I I don't weep for Tennessee failing to beat Alabama. Uh, that said, I do I do kind of uh, see some of the points that people were making, specifically on Twitter, about the officiating in that game maybe being an issue. Josh Heupel, I know for sure, mm-hmm. complained about it post game. Joe Milton though showed me a little something in that uh, game, specifically running the football a little bit more, being a little bit more mobile. Because to this point in the season. Tennessee's issues on offense, quote unquote, they're still like, I mean, we can't be talking about offensive issues from an Auburn perspective because, good Lord, they had 26 passing yards at a point. But Tennessee, compared to last year, where they were going to drop 30 on you in a hurry, um, and Hendon Hooker was just slinging the ball all over the field, it's not quite the same. You don't have a Jalen Hyatt. Um, they're missing a couple receivers to injury, and that's kind of hampered their explosiveness and uh, ability to get the ball vertical. But up going into the half to just blow that. Team. Yeah, that's they. Also, that's coaching wise too. They, they. I feel like they got hampered by the penalties. I'll say I was impressed by Alabama uh, a little bit this weekend because I, I feel like mostly this season, uh, the only game where you watch you've watched Bama and you felt like they've really impressed you outright. Uh, I wouldn't even go so far as to say that Texas A&M game. They they played well, but that wasn't. They've always had, but the last besides this week for a while, like the last couple of weeks before, they were having very odd pre-snap penalties to end the game. They had like false start, just like making it just oddly, just just something you don't see out of a saving coach team. I feel like stuff like that, and I, that's why I've been like I guess a little bit doubtful on Alabama, like as a team overall. I think they're really good. I think the defense is really good. 
think the offense is figuring itself out. But I still don't see this team being a playoff team, I feel like. I get the feeling that you're correct just because I think probably. Let's just say hypothetical. You got like a one-loss FSU team. You got a one-loss Texas team, obviously. Like, I know Florida State has a loss, but just say they have one loss. Like, give opportunity. And then you have like a one-loss Oklahoma team. And who of those four, which one are you putting in? Like, Yeah, I think currently you can't put a one-loss Bama in yeah. with what we've got right now. And I don't. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect that they're going to finish the season with two losses. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's lots of potential down this kind of final stretch for them to drop another one, and I I don't think like they've they've got some good stuff going, um, but the consistency factor is kind yeah. of what you've not seen from this team this year, specifically at quarterback, but also that is this is the worst offensive line play I've seen out of an Alabama team in a very long time. So, you know, maybe maybe Jalen Milro puts it together and uh is really is really good and consistent down the stretch and maybe they they pull it out and they they finish a one loss team, but I feel like they probably drop a game in there somewhere unless they clean their stuff up, because Tennessee was getting the better of them, and I think Tennessee uh, this year kind of not an underwhelming team, but not nearly what they were last year. Uh, that offensive line in particular cannot protect the same way that they did last season. Um, they just don't have the playmakers at receiver, so it's real cool to say that uh, Milton can throw a ball seventy yards on a rope or whatever, but he hasn't really been able to get that kind of explosive playmaking to happen and I think Alabama benefited from that I will say an impressive team this weekend too uh who continues to be impressive is Arkansas (laughs) (laughs) I I would say they were quite the opposite of impressive (sighs) poor 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 KJ Jefferson man he's so good like I mean he's not I I would say like obviously not like the level of Heisman stuff but he's a good he's a very good quarterback that's been wasted just yeah I mean that that team. Holy, uh, they fired their OC recently, which is. I think a good it's also call. just going back to being an Auburn fan, watching the offense, and you're like, you just <laughs> cling to any good QB. Like, why? How could you do that to that QB? Yeah, I um, mean, but yeah, it's it's tough. But no, I was gonna say uh, Eli Drinkwitz's Missouri Tigers mm-hmm. actually look very impressive. Under, I, like that team is. I mean, they're seven and one at this point, and they've got a couple nice wins in there. Specifically, you still think of that long kick mm-hmm. to close out. I believe that was the Kansas State game, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which that's that Kansas State team is no slouch. They're pretty good. They could they could be competing again for kind of the top of the Big Twelve. So you look at you look at that team. I mean, I, I don't Georgia, think they're they're on a bye and they'll play Georgia. I don't so. think that they're beating Georgia per se, but I think they yeah, have the best at shot. Georgia, that also doesn't help. So they've got they've got one of the best shots of any of the SEC East teams to kind of. Maybe Rattle. make them look a little more human because yeah. South Carolina, I mean, goodness, they look like a mess this year. Uh, specifically, you know, we talk about rough offensive line play in the SEC lately. Mm-hmm. That South Carolina offensive line. Their offense to me is like Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> I mean, when they, when they like block competently, they can move it. Yeah. Um, they've, they've got the personnel to do it, but they just, they, they lose at the line of scrimmage so consistently that it's really tough for them to play ball the way that uh, they do have a Missouri LSA does have like a kind of they have a tough stretch though so, so they go they have the bye then Georgia then Tennessee then Florida and then finish off the year against Arkansas those are all teams that could like 
I mean, I know Arkansas, but like I'm still gonna hold off hope for Arkansas just because they're always a team that's kind. They're always kind of in it, but I still think Missouri wins that. But. I mean, Arkansas is only like a week removed from playing Alabama, pretty tough. Yep. So we we got to keep that. LSU, they played. Uh, I think it was LSU, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. They had the last, they, so they gave yeah, LSU yeah, trouble as well. So. Right. They're, they're still one where, like, I just, especially— I got that mixed up with Missouri's kind of shootout because LSU had the shootout with them. And yeah. They shootout with uh, um, Arkansas. But, yeah, I mean, you, you could still—you look at these uh, kind of games left on the schedule for Mizzou, you feel like probably every single one of them outside of maybe that Georgia game mm-hmm. is fairly winnable for them. So, especially Arkansas and Florida, I feel like you can expect— you should go into that game thinking that you're going to win because they they clearly have been the better team than both of those teams uh, so far this year. So it'll it'll be interesting, but very crazy to think about this time last year. We were hearing a lot about Eli Drinkwitz was going to get fired most mm-hmm. likely, especially if they started out slow. And now they're sitting here seven and one, uh, one of the best records in the SEC, and uh, certainly looking like he's he's sitting pretty uh, on sticking around for a little while longer. I mean, they deserve their flowers. So, but yeah, get into this week's matchups. Get us started off. South Carolina at Texas A and M. Texas A and M is favored by fourteen. Who you got? I'll so I'll take I'll take A and M, but I don't think that a fourteen point spread is <laughs> reasonable. I think South Carolina is pretty bad. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, and Shane Beamer is definitely getting to the point where you can see it in the press conferences. He knows they stink, and they're, that but there's not a team a lot also can, can just screw around a bit. Yeah, well, you you still see occasionally shades of like you remember that period uh, where it would be Muschamp would get into a rock fight with Kirby Smart like once a year or mm-hmm. once every two years, and they would drag Georgia down to their level. They rarely won, but uh, they would make it like a ugly, ugly football game. And A and M, they're they're very much coming up on the reality of Jimbo Fisher maybe getting you know the GDP of a small country in a buyout here if he doesn't uh, kind of turn the ship around. And even then, I think it might be a lost season for A&M at this point because they expect to make the playoff with the amount of talent that they have. Uh, so A&M's going to get the W here, I-, I feel, but it will not be a 14-point spread. It'll probably be a little closer than that. Yeah, I'm going to go Texas A&M on that one. It's... <sighs> Beamer Balls let me down as well. No, that's another team that's been where I was like, okay, you know, they could be a decent team this year. No. Uh, then we have number one Georgia versus Florida. Georgia is favored by fourteen and a half. Ah, uh, see, that's an interesting one too. I just think Florida's starting to figure out they look more like what Billy Napier wants them to be. I think mm-hmm. recently, but they're not all the way there yet in terms of competing with a Georgia. Georgia's not been a perfect team. Like This is not the same as the last two years, I feel like, where they just absolutely dominated. Um, and you chalk that, some of that up to quarterback stability and stuff like that and experience. But I, I still think it's, it's pretty safe to say that they'll get that done. Two scores, again, might be a little bit wide of a stretch for that game, but I wouldn't be surprised if it got out of hand in a hurry just because Florida, that's a very young football team uh, and a team that's still figuring some things out on the offensive side in particular, so you might see a couple turnovers and then all of a sudden the point spread opens up pretty quick. Yeah, I'm definitely going Georgia on this one as well. It's It seemed like for a while they were finding their footing on offense after the like, Auburn game. They had like 
because that was like I maybe kind of like all right let's let's wake up <laughs> let's play and they started finding their footing which they've kind of still but they've slowed down a bit so I, I don't know where they're at as a team because obviously they haven't really and their schedule hasn't really had many tests besides like the Auburn game yeah anyway uh tw- number twenty one Tennessee at Kentucky Tennessee is favored by three and a half. So I'll say this, Kentucky does not get enough credit as a hard place to play on the road. Mm-hmm. I, I personally feel like it's it's a lot more difficult than people think. And specifically, this is a night game at Kentucky. So we've seen a lot of crazy stuff happen over the years at night in Kentucky, I feel like recently under Mark Stoops. And this I don't I don't think that this Kentucky team is great by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I think Tennessee is reeling coming off of a tough loss. And I, I'm I'm gonna go with the uh Wildcats to get it done in this one. I think that they'll they'll manage to pull the upset over the ranked team and all of a sudden the complexion of the season for the volunteers changes very quickly. You go from feeling really good walking to that Alabama game to now all of a sudden you've got three losses and you've got some stuff to get figured out towards the end of the year. I'm gonna go Tennessee. This could burn me again because I did pick USC in our call, in our Pickums in the office, just thinking like, oh, they're gonna have a bounce back game. This is gonna be a game that's gonna. So that's what I'm feeling with Tennessee. I'm gonna take a no risk. Say, hey, this is. Uh... Which I don't know if it's much of a risk, but I feel like Tennessee figures things out. Like, hey, we just choked away that win. That was our win in Tuscaloosa. We should have had that going into more other meetings. You know, hey, let's push this. Let's finish these games. And I feel like that might be a point of emphasis. Excuse me going into it so i i could see it maybe being a like a big game for tennessee actually i could see it kind of being like that i wouldn't be shocked if they come out and they like get a couple quick scores and get on top of them early and then kentucky Mm -hmm. struggles to do much because they're not a team that's super equipped to just sling it yeah i mean they're they're not bad through the air by any means leary's been solid enough for them but uh they're not florida uh, in terms of talent on the outside, they're not in Alabama. Uh, they're not. They're not Ole Miss, where they can really just move the ball up the field quick. Mm-hmm. The the thing that makes me kind of interested, though, is I feel like you saw Joe Milton play better in this game, but he's still kind of a statuesque quarterback. Like he sits in there like a big old trebuchet and just hucks the ball. And it's great that he's got a big arm, but that line integrity wise has not been quite good enough to let them play just a straight up like pocket quarterback sit Mm -hmm. there and throw style of game he got out a little bit more against Alabama in the first half in particular I think you saw that benefit them but I don't know how comfortable he is doing that repeatedly and that Kentucky defense is solid Um, they're not excellent by any stretch either I think Kentucky's just a very like good team they're not great and Two consecutive road matchups for Tennessee here, too, uh, in not easy environments is going to put the pressure on them. And I, I feel like all the pressure is on them in this game, too, because like expectations at Kentucky are not yeah. crazy. If you, if you win eight games in a year, then they're ecstatic, right? Mark Stoops is more busy, I think, working on like his own line of bourbon than he is <laughs> worrying about getting them to be like a top five program or something crazy like that. Tennessee has the expectations of an Auburn or an Alabama or a Georgia where they think 
that they as a program should be contending for a national championship every single year. And they're only just now getting back into the area where that's even like mildly reasonable. Yeah. So for them to come into this game and it be the difference between, okay, you're six and two, you're in a position where if a couple of teams like kind of fall apart down the stretch uh, or have some issues, then you could very well maybe finish second in the East or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of just that recruiting time where you're trying to look impressive for recruits. But like, hey, you yeah. got a good program, come come here. Yeah, and, and get back to what you were doing on offense last year where you're mm-hmm. putting up 30 a game or something like that. It, it could be that if you win and you win big here, but it could also be, okay, Joe Milton comes out, is pressured, doesn't play all that well, they can't get the ball out quickly enough. And uh, Kentucky just kind of runs over them. And, you know, you walk out in like a 28 to 21 or 24 to 21 loss. And all of a sudden you're five and three. You've got no realistic shot of going to the SEC championship. And you've got not an easy back half of the schedule from what I can recall either. So they, this is a pretty pivotal or pretty pivotal game in the season for them. Um, And I feel like with all that pressure, night game, in Lexington, Kentucky will probably come off with the upset. Hmm. Well, then we got Vanderbilt at Ole Miss. Upset? Ole Miss is going to win this. <laughs> like, it, it, uh, it probably their favorite twenty five and a half points for this game. That seems like a crazy spread, but I would not be surprised at Lane Kiffin running up the score on poor old Clarkley, to be honest, especially after their offense kind of got shut down by miscues and mistakes against Auburn. Yeah. Um, That Vandy defense, I feel like, probably should get a little bit more credit. They give up a lot of yards, but they also make a lot of big plays, Um, and they're obviously not getting a ton of help from the offensive uh, side of the ball. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. and definitely not the same talent level as like an Auburn or an Arkansas or even maybe a Mississippi State. They're still trying to build there. But oh, they definitely are trying to still build. Yeah, with the scoreboard and everything. <laughs> That's a good one. But uh <laughs> I I I still think they'll probably get steamrolled by Ole Miss. Yeah, uh this might be just like a get right game. And then it's yeah, at Ole Miss too. It's kinda just like poor Vanderbilt. But yeah, Ole Miss definitely going with them in this one. And finally, I just wish we could cancel the season. Mississippi State coming to the Plains to take on the Auburn Tigers. Auburn is favored by seven. Uh, what are the odds that we see a repeat of the three to two game? <laughs> I actually hope so. I know that's mis- like I just you're a sicko. I am. I, I I enjoy defensive battles. I actually do like. But but three to two, uh, just it'd be so much fun. This the the tension. I I told uh, Matthew, our assistant sports editor, I told him, I said I I want just a shootout of safeties. And he goes, oh, so like maybe like a twelve to like fourteen. I go no, forty to forty two, just all safeties. Just something because I just think that would be a wild. It would never happen. Never happen. Of course. But yeah, I'm. Definitely, You'd have to play hurry up football. Start from the one repeatedly. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> call a pass play, four straight plays to start every drive. That'd be hilarious. I get it. it would be, That's it something would be, that, like, you do in Madden on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so, I wouldn't be I, – obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be at the game, so obviously I don't want to uh, be at a 3-2 game. But it's memorable. You know, hey, 
last year on the planes, be like, hey, I got saw Auburn win four to two or something, or five to eight. Just yeah, give me some odd score, some scoregami. Give me Auburn winning here, um, but give me them winning winning the game in like the weirdest possible it's fashion. Last second field goal. It it honestly, there's I, I this feels like a repeat of last year's Mizzou game. What even better? What if we go to overtime? Zero zero and get to the two point conversion in overtime zero zero where they have to just do two point <laughs> conversions and it literally ends two zero. I so badly want like a reenactment of the uh, <laughs> the Beamer photo where it's Virginia Tech against Wake mm-hmm. Forest from I can't remember what year that was, but it's him holding up his arms in excitement and you just have the scoreline of zero zero going to overtime. He's just so excited. Uh, oh. I want a repeat of that, but with. Uh, Hugh Freeze, that'd be pretty funny. Um, yeah. But well, <laughs> what do you think it's going to take for Auburn to win this game, though? I mean, just do something consistently on offense and maybe try to throw the ball a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't have a pass attempt in the third quarter, I don't think. Let one QB play. Just let one QB yeah. play. Let look. And also, this is also going to be tough, but. Let's limit turnovers. The, re- the reason why we're in that Georgia game, we didn't have many turnovers till the end. There's that, but like, I mean, Saturday, the reason they lost that game was not turnovers. It was because they they literally couldn't had no life, no rhythm. They they couldn't get more than a couple yards on a play. Like mm-hmm. I, their longest their longest completion to an outside receiver was a six yard completion to Coy Moore on the whole day. Like that's that's unbelievable. They're on, they're basically only feeding the ball to either the running back out of the backfield or getting it to the slot or the tight end occasionally. Mm-hmm. Like Rivaldo Fairweather is probably your best playmaker, um, either him or Jay Fair in terms of the pass game. Uh, get the ball to them a little bit more. Maybe play with a little tempo. Uh, this is a team, this Mississippi State team. You can't take anybody in the SEC lightly. Obviously, these are these are SEC teams, regardless of the caliber of talent. But uh, this is a game for where, if you want to try something different to get yourself ready for Arkansas, is probably going to be the next game you play where you feel a little bit more iffy about uh, your ability to get the win in that one. Mm-hmm. But you you basically you've got four games to figure it out before you play Alabama, right? So. To even make this a realistic prospect of you winning the Iron Bowl, which would be a huge thing for... If Hugh Freeze wins the Iron Bowl, I don't think anybody cares about the rest of his first year. It's it's a nice note to end on. You know, they've been doing well on the recruiting scheme of things. So start to develop an identity heading into that game. I, I honestly... If they lose to Mississippi State, that stinks. But he's got to understand that he's in a position where it's worse if... They, they, you know, maybe they don't win any games down the stretch of the year, or maybe they win like a couple of these games in the SEC, but they develop absolutely no offensive identity and they have no improvements. You see no tangible signs of this team being coached up. It's, it's worse for his image for that to happen than it is for them to drop one or two of these games, but they show an identity offensively. They show some signs of life. And then you go in Alabama feeling like, okay, We've got a quarterback who's capable of executing this system. And unfortunately, I, I like Robbie Ashford a lot, but it, it very clearly feels like this coaching staff only trusts Peyton Thorne to run the full offense, uh, complete with the passing plays. Just keep him in the game. 
he's he's an okay guy with his legs. He's been the best arm mm-hmm. relative to what you've got. Um, maybe maybe try to work a couple more uh, simple passing concepts instead of uh, kind of just going for what you want the end point of your offensive system to look like just a little bit. Yeah, uh, Work guys underneath a little bit more. Take advantage of maybe the size matchup with Fairweather in particular. Uh, see if you can get something going. Because you feel like if they have even a tiny bit of the passing dimension, they'll be able to run the football, right? But that's that's all. It's just figure out what you're doing and stick to it. Don't don't do this wishy-washy, we're not sure, but also we're going to stick with the same uh, kind of game plan uh, identity that they've been going with for the past few weeks here. It's clearly not working. Yeah. It's... So you're going Auburn? I'll take Auburn. I'll take Auburn by like a score or two. It'll. I, I'd say at the most it'd be like a 10-point win. Um, now that's, that's me being a little bit pessimistic uh, just because I feel like Mississippi State showed you that they can go up against a team with kind of personnel on a similar level to Auburn in mm-hmm. Arkansas. I felt like that was being optimistic. Honestly, you say my my ten, but uh, yeah, I think so. that's their best possible outcome is ten. I feel like they maybe win this game by like a touchdown or a late a field goal. Game. It's gonna it's gonna be like a slugfest defense first, a lot of three yards in a cloud of dust type of stuff, and you just mm-hmm. hope you get something like Jarquez Hunter breaking a fifty three yard touchdown run or. Uh, you know, maybe busted coverage or something bails yeah. you out and you get some explosive passing. But I think this staff has to know that this is a this is maybe the worst passing season we've seen from Auburn in like the modern era of college football where, you know, teams are going for at least 150 pass yards a game. Uh and you, you don't have guys throwing more interceptions than touchdowns frequently. Yeah. So that's a bad optic, especially if you're trying to recruit offensive talent. You need to do better. Yeah, I'm, I'm debating this. Auburn, I, 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 you know, I'm gonna go Auburn. I haven't picked Auburn in a while. I'm gonna go Auburn. I'm gonna pick them. Slang just telling me just stick with Miss, pick Mississippi State with the upset. But I'm gonna go Auburn out because they're at home. I think this could be a win that could really set the course, as you said. So yeah, that's I think yeah I gotta go Auburn. So maybe we can end on a bright mo- note for once on these podcasts. So it's rare these days, I guess. But yeah, gotta take when you can get them. Yeah, I mean, people people might whinge after if they do beat Miss State and say, oh, it's just Mississippi State. This doesn't mean anything or whatever. Mm-hmm. At this point, I've I've been at Auburn um, since 2019. I'm finishing up my last semester here. I've seen a lot of bad football played. You you understand at this point if you're an Auburn fan who's gone through this stretch, which is one of the worst stretches in program history. You take what you can get, um, and hopefully they take this as an opportunity to kind of get the ball rolling towards next year, where they're going to have some more talent. Mm-hmm. Well, that does it for us today on the podcast. Thank you for joining me, Amy. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, please like, subscribe, follow, and share with a friend. Thank you for listening. <laughs>